Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- a Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc., You don't know what to expect, but now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies, and now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and (laughs) my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, 
you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Today's an interesting day because my DMs are flooded. And not often are they flooded when financial stuff and Bachelor Nation come together as one. So here I am giving a quick breakdown on what's happening. Right now, in summary... There's been a lot of discussions around people in the Bachelor Nation that took advantage of PPP loans. Now you can publicly see who use PPP loans. So people are digging it up, implementing different names of Bachelor Nation, and they're getting a lot of results. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and today is Thursday which means this is This Week in Bachelor Nation. We are going to be delivering you some screams at the end of this. We are going to be delivering you the parasocial plays of the week, and there were some doozies. We are going to be talking about all that juicy Bachelor Nation news that occurred this week. And, of course, we're going to do a state of the world to open this, but it's going to be a little different because it's actually going to be a state of the game. But before we get to any of that... Which is the world. <laughs> that's right. Well, as we've said on this podcast many times, everything is Bachelor. Bachelor is everything. But before we get into any of that, we want to let you know about something that's going to be happening on our Patreon very soon. Game of Roses is going to have its very own Discord. And you're going to be able to access that if you're on the Patreon. So if you're down digging around with us here in the bottom of the pit, in the murky waters, in the darkness, listening to your own screams echo off the walls and thinking that's your friend talking to you when it's just you talking to yourself. You're now going to have a Discord where you can actually talk to the other people in the bottom of the pit who are also screaming off the walls with you. Yes, thank you to Grace Ann Parks, a.k.a. the Dark Seeker, who is bringing this all together. We're very excited. Yeah, I'm curious to see what it's going to be like as well. I have only used Discord at this point in my life for Santa Monica, Pokemon Go, and Xbox (laughs) Overwatch. I only use it for my Pokemon Go group as well. Well, brag about my shinies. There you have. What was your last shiny you got, by the way? Cool things. My last shiny. My last shiny is a worm pull. Nice. Congratulations. It's a gross worm, but this one is purple and sparkly. Just like a certain dildo used by Katie Thurston. Everything is related to The Bachelor, as we said. And now we are going to dive into our opening segment. Once again, this segment is called State of the World. You all know that, but this is going to be a little different. This is Game of Roses. State of the World. All right. So usually in this segment, we talk about some broader piece of news, and then we tell you how it's related to The Bachelor. 
We are not going to do that today. We are not talking about anything outside in the world, even though a very big piece of news did happen, which was the nine-page document released by the United States government corroborating that, in fact, UFOs are real and aliens are among us. It says that in the document. Go read it if you haven't yet. That is the only piece of news you need outside of Bachelor Nation. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So we're not going to be talking about that today. Instead, we wanted to focus in on the state of the game because the show our beloved game is in a bit of a precarious position right now and we just wanted to take this opening segment to really lay it all out where we're at as a show as a fandom and what we think needs to happen for season 26 because that's going to be a big one it's going to be a turning point in how the game is perceived mm-hmm. its effect on bachelor nation on american society at large etc so in order to begin this conversation we have to talk about the ratings, which we normally have in gains, but we're going to talk about them here now because I want to talk about what ratings actually are and how they're used by networks. So ratings measure how many people watch the show in raw numbers, but also more importantly, it measures how many people in the 18 to 49-year-old demographic are watching the show. And that number is what networks use to determine how much they can charge advertisers to put commercials in the show. Because when you're 18 to 49, that's when you're still impressionable and brands actually have a chance (laughs) at winning you over. But like once you hit 50, you're never going to change your laundry soap or your toothpaste. Your brand behavior at that point is locked in. You are no longer a valuable set of eyeballs for any of the advertisers. That's going to be an exciting birthday. Lock all my brands in at 50. (laughs) When you're irrelevant to advertisers, basically, (laughs) age 50. They do not give a shit about you because you cannot pay them money. So let's talk about then the ratings for this season of Bachelorette, season 17 we're talking about, Katie Thurston. These ratings have hit all-time lows, and this past week, Monday's Big Game, was literally the lowest of all time. In that coveted 18 to 49-year-old demographic, this week pulled a 0.7, that is down 23% from last week, and 3.1 million total viewers down 10% from last week. But as bad as this all sounds, just like we discuss every week, even though these numbers are the lowest yet recorded for The Bachelorette, the show is still winning the 18 to 49-year-old demographic every Monday night across all networks, including this week that was so low. So it's still a dominant show on network TV, at least comparatively speaking, but we have to start asking ourselves, how long will that matter? At a certain point, the entire network TV model will collapse. When you have more people watching your Instagram posts of the promos than you do actually watching the show on network television, the whole kind of antiquated ad revenue model will eventually die. And nonetheless, we are not there yet. The show still is on network television. This is still how it makes its money. So we have to ask ourselves, why are these ratings so bad? Well, ratings are bad for everyone all around. And ratings have been especially bad during COVID. Absolutely. As has the show. I would say the number one reason the ratings are bad is because these bubble seasons are fucking terrible. Just by comparison. They don't feel like regular Bachelor seasons. There is no travel. The producer kind of Machiavellian traps they're setting up are way worse than they've ever been. The producers are actively destroying seasons left and right. Season 25 was the worst disaster we've seen 
in the history of the show. Obviously, it almost threatened to destroy the show. <laughs> and that was because the producers made all of that stuff happen. Everything from the bullying to the rumor about Brittany Galvin being a sex worker, obviously to mm-hmm. including Kirkconnell in the proceedings, hoping and knowing that she came from a sundown town and hoping that that would... Uh, probably brew up some kind of a racism plot and then that of course resulted in what it resulted in i think they're doing there's just so many factors that are contributing to this i was thinking about this last night when i couldn't fall asleep i was thinking about how the fact that they announced michelle Young's season has taken away from katie thurston's season in a way because you have multiple bachelorettes you already know what the the rest of the calendar year is going to look like. It just took away some of that oomph. It's kind of like when they put um, Caitlin Bristow up against Britt Nielsen for Bachelorette. It's like you're taking away the like star pa- singular star power of the Bachelorette in that way. Um, but I agree, the bubble seasons are not good. I'm, you're you're missing out on the 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 drama that comes with travel. They have to like come up with all of these contrived things in order to make it seem interesting when they're literally in the same location the whole time. Doing the same dates. We literally just saw the habanero pepper scavenger hunt date on Katie Thurston season. That exact yeah. date played out for Tasha less than a year ago. We saw the exact same date. So not only are they confined in these bubbles, the producers are just not they're doing lazy work at best, recycling something they just totally. literally did. It's terrible. I think they should take a page out of Love Island's book. There is a what they call challenges, which don't ever have any stakes except maybe you win a bottle of champagne. But they will do ones where it's like two teams pitted against each other and you have to guess which of the people did this. So it's like a fun fact about each of the players or whatever. And you can, I'm sure they have all of this information and it's a way they could reveal it and be like, whoever gets the most fun facts right about people wins. And then you would get to know these other things. You could be like, who tweeted this? Maybe incorporate some social media. I think them pretending like social media doesn't exist is, is horrible. And Love Island is a really good example for bringing that in. They, I think every season they have a challenge where you have to guess who, tweet, who this tweet is about, who tweeted this, etc. Yeah. I mean, that's been a problem for the show for the last seven or eight seasons, that they're ignoring social media and pretending like it has nothing to do with the game when, in fact, it's more important than the game is at this point. But I agree with you that not only did that second Bachelorette undercut this season of The Bachelorette, it takes away the specialness of it. These Bachelorettes also had, at least comparatively speaking, a drastically limited amount of screen time in their season of Bachelor. Katie Thurston was eliminated in 11th place, so we barely got to see her. Michelle Young came in halfway through the season, so we barely got to see any of her. So they're not set up as characters that are like, super integral to the franchise. We have seen maybe half as much screen time of them as we have any other prior Bachelorette uh, mm-hmm. as they're, they're coming in. So I think that was ultimately like a strange mistake. And then to pit them against each other for essentially Bachelor Nation's attention, also weird. I think the host situation is a kind of another reason why 
this season specifically is so low. And I'm not saying that Chris Harrison should be back or anything, but that's a... <laughs> okay, Sean Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. But that is a part of this. Some people are boycotting this season because of Chris Harrison being excommunicated. And many of those people are people who are watching it on network TV. They are the older, mm -hmm. wider Southern audience. And so that may have some impact on these ratings. But even beyond that, what they've chosen to do to replace Harrison, bring in two hosts, neither of whom are actually hosts, but instead bachelorettes, one of them being the most recent bachelorette, I think is not working for me. I will just say that. They both host podcasts. And they both host podcasts. But they're, they're funny and they're good and they're entertaining but they're not hosts. I never get the feeling that they have authority over this game in any way. And even if they did, they're taking it away from each other by both being present. There isn't this singular identity to represent yeah. the show and the game. They need that so badly. And they're not going to have it in Paradise either. 100%. Paradise is going to feel exactly the same, maybe even worse, because the celebrities they have coming in are actually, they have more fame than the show. David Spade is more famous than The Bachelor. So when he comes into The Bachelor, it's going to be like, wait a minute, what the fuck's going on here? Who's the next celebrity coming down the fucking stairs? That's going to take center stage, and I think it's going to make all of the play that season much less important. Yeah, you want to elevate the players to the point they should be the celebrities. Absolutely. They're going to just, it's, you know, it's kind of like putting Katie Thurston next to Tasha and Caitlin, who are way more famous than her. It's like... They're, you're getting this juxtaposition where the other person is being diminished. And I totally agree about the dual host thing. Like, you can't have authority when it's two people looking at each other like, uh, should I talk? Should you talk? We're going to do every other sentence. It's just, they should have just picked one. Again, they try to do this middle of the road thing with both the bachelorette choice and the dual host. And it's just... It's a mess. Yeah, it's diminished the importance of any of these singular pieces of it. And so that brings us then to season 26, which is going to be, I think, the most important season in the history of the show in terms of what happens to the show. We are going to be coming out of these COVID bubble seasons. Season 16 of Bachelorette, season 25 of Bachelor, season 17 of Bachelorette. VIP. By the way, season seven will not be a bubble season. It's going to be, I mean, they're all bubble seasons, but it's going to be in Mexico. It's going to be like a normal looking season of Bachelor in Paradise. So after these three bubble seasons, Bachelor Nation is going to be fucking starved for a real season of The Bachelor. And I think season 26 has got to be gigantic. You have to market this season as The Bachelor is back and bigger than ever. I want to see the hot air balloons. I want to see the international travel if possible. It has to be The Bachelor proper again or people are going to fucking lose interest. You need a singular host. That has to be in place by season 26 mm -hmm. or it's fucking over. It's just not the same show. This is a very weird vibe with these two hosts. I don't think you can have it for season 26. And probably most importantly... The Bachelor for season 26 needs to be gigantic. This is when the producers must finally say, 
we are going to pay the lead a million dollars and you make a story out of that so that everyone in bachelor nation is covering it holy shit they're paying the lead a million dollars for the first time and that lead needs to be tyler cameron needs to be mike johnson needs to be potentially even a celebrity from outside the game who would blow people's minds the season has to be huge. It's got to feel like a return to what The Bachelor was before the bubble seasons, before the controversy, but in a new progressive way. You're paying the lead now. You're not treating them uh, like a prisoner on your show, potentially. Or at least you're giving the illusion <laughs> that you're not because there's money for it. And yes, you still need the diversity in the cast and the producers. You need all of that. But you have to have this moment where it's like, it's fucking back. Pay Tyler Cameron whatever the fuck he wants. Pay his girlfriend to break up with him. She can even come in mid-season and be like, I want you back, and that could be a whole thing. He could leave with her. Whatever. Just bring Tyler Cameron. I'm sorry. I think he's he is who the franchise demands. <laughs> I agree. And it's like, yeah, it's a million dollars you'd have to pay him. Who fucking cares? You make enough money still on the budget of this show, carve off a million, give it to him, and make that a story. People will cover that. Us Weekly will cover that. It'll be a first in the franchise history that they're really trying to like elevate this thing and make him a giant fucking celebrity. This has to happen. You cannot have season 26 be like one of these bubble seasons. It, it's clearly not working. Get Gigi Hadid to come in and host a group date. Oh my God! Get Hannah Brown. Gigi Hadid is a skeleton. <laughs> Gigi Hadid as a skeleton would fucking please let that happen. <laughs> it just needs to be big. I I I just wanted to have this state of the game up front because I do feel like the show is in a precarious situation as these ratings are slipping, and yes, it's still winning Monday night, but there is a chance here for the show to come back in a huge way to see eight million people watching it again. I don't think we're ever going to get back to like golden child, Sean Lowe era, just because network TV is like, it's too weak to ever produce those kind of numbers again in a show like this. But like, could you be doubling your usual numbers? Yes. That is still totally possible. All you have to do is put some fucking energy into it. You can't be recycling these dates. It can't feel half-assed anymore, which is what yeah. all three of these seasons felt like. If you're going to recycle the dates, go back at least a few seasons. Don't go to the most recent fucking season. Watch Love Island. <laughs> Just start stealing shit from Love Island. Their challenges are all amazing. They're so entertaining. They're sexy. They often do these ones where... It's kind of like an obstacle course, but it's not it's not just you got to do this random shit as fast as possible. It's it's like a subjective obstacle course where you strip, you ride a fire pole, you lift up your partner and make out with them and that's part of it, like how hot is the make out that you do with your partner and they're covering themselves in suds and it's just much more of a feast for the eyes sure. well i mean this last fucking group date wasn't there was no challenge it was a scavenger hunt to what end there's no winner it's not even a in quote scavenger hunt you're really just like going to these stations they have set up and taking pictures of yourself like eating twinkies and shit it, it is so strangely constructed it makes no sense whatsoever yes. 
this type of shit. The pictures also don't make any sense. Like, I realize that you do that in a regular scavenger hunt where you don't have a TV production crew, but it's like, I think we can go on the honor system that you're completing the tasks. The film crew filming you is going to know that you did it. Why do you need to take pictures? A tiny point, but... No, but one that's worth making because it just goes, again, to show the kind of haphazard nature of how they're constructing these dates. The ideas behind them are weak, and therefore the presentation is equally weak, and therefore your ratings are low. And, I mean, it, it just requires more effort. And season 26 has to be the season you put the most effort into making this show great again. Pay a giant lead. Get a singular host. Mm -hmm. Get us back in those fucking hot air balloons. Let us have this show back. <laughs> or again, I don't know what necessarily happens. If season 26 can't write the ship, I don't know what's going to happen. Pay the lead a lot and bring in several veteran players. Bring in five Blake Moinses. That would be actually fascinating. If the five players crashing the season in like episode four are all 100K plus yes. Instagram follower veterans, now that's a move. Free, free ideas here. Pay them. Make that a story. <laughs> Hire guns. Yes, pay them. Pay them. Get them on. Fan favorite. Like there's still single people. There's, I mean, there's a lot of ex-players I'm sure who would want to date Tyler Cameron. Get them on. I know it like maybe that like infringes a little bit on Bachelor in Paradise, but fuck it. You need the main game. You don't have Bachelor in Paradise if the main game is not successful. Borrow from Peter to pay Paul or whatever. Season 26 has to be a reset of this entire franchise. We have to feel like we're done with pandemic. We're moving on. And it is not just a return to what it was. I misspoke when I was saying that. This has to be better than that. It has to be bigger than what it was. Changed in a way that seems progressive. And the spectacle has to at least be as good as what we were getting up until season 24. It has to at least be that good. If not bigger. If not better. This, it needs to feel like there is a significant change. A move forward. In a huge way. So please, producers, if you're listening, just do this. I don't know if it requires hiring other producers. I don't know what it requires. But that season is fucking crucial. You have to nail it. You know what I would also say they need? They need a good villain. Pay someone to be an amazing villain. That's maybe, a, maybe a villain with a great first audience game. Someone who is not racist or homophobic or all of these other things get a good classic villain who can just put somebody on the show who openly tells you i'm just here to play the game and i'm trying to win let them do that let them in their itms talk about playing the game while they're in the house though they're pretending to be 4trr get somebody who is completely mm, faking it bentley basically Someone who's completely openly faking it, let them discuss open gameplay in their ITMs and let them play the other players and let the players figure that out. Don't you come in and try and sabotage them. I think that yes. type of a villain could be amazing. That's a Courtney Robertson, essentially. Yes. Get a Courtney Robertson. Anyway, we could go on for hours about the state of the game, but that is where <laughs> we feel like it's at now. And we're very hopeful that season 26 is going to be the season that producers get it together, turn this thing around and return 
our beloved game to its former glory or even a new level of glory that we have yet to see. But now it is time to move on to all of the movements of the players from this season of Katie Thurston's historic Bachelorette Season 17. We're going to examine what they're doing on Instagram and TikTok. This is... This Week in Games. On last week's Twibbon, Katie Thurston, our crown, was at 693K. She has since joined the 700K club, gaining 27K since that point, bringing her to 720,000 Instagram followers total. We're inching closer to her joining the Million Club. Our infamous bet of whether Thurston will hit one million before playoffs or not. We shall see. Wait, what was the bet? You said regular season and was, I said playoffs? I said it'll happen before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You said she'd hit a million in playoffs. I said before playoffs. We still have what? A couple weeks. A few weeks? Yeah. She's going to need to... <laughs> I don't know what she needs to do to get um, 280K. She's going to have to be producing some 100,000 increase uh, weeks for you to win this. Yeah, she's going to have to pull something out of her butt, but I believe in her. Go, Katie. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) And now for the top five. Instagram gains for the players of Katie Thurston's 17th Bachelorette season. The gold medal in gains this week goes to wildlife manager and veteran now officially on a second tour, Blake Moines. He gained 23K for his big debut week bringing his total to 170,000 Instagram followers. Moines gained more than everyone for crashing the season, his double MVP status, my 4TRR precog play of the game, his 4TWR deflection regarding dating three bachelorettes, and his boxer tot. Let's just say it. Gaines is over now. Moines is going to have the top spot every week. He is going to finish with the most Instagram followers. It's over. He's dominated the game. He even had more Instagram followers than anybody as the season started. He never lost that position. Mm-hmm. He's never going to lose it. This is his game. Sorry to everybody else, but just out of due diligence, we will go through the rest of these players. <laughs> the silver medal goes to... <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> The silver medal in gains goes to 36-year-old Ohio business owner slash widower slash package deal Michael Alio. He gained 18.1 thousand followers this week, bringing him to 40.8K total for his last week one-on-one date runoffs, attempts to defuse the Andrew Trey tension. Rose in pocket, how you doing? Extracting a love level one from Thurston, his location-based future casting, his refusal to (laughs) utter he who must not be named name's name (laughs) wait a minute his refusal to (laughs) utter he who must not be named's name thomas and for wearing a black lives matter beaded bracelet during the game the bronze medal in gains goes to gains chart topper who finally got a bit of screen time boston real estate agent christian smith 
He gained 15.9K, bringing him to 41.8K total this week for his dynamic duo with Trey during the group date, his rip duty doo waxing character, encouraging Trey to tattle, his swan song exit bump, and presumably some extra for continuing to smolder in the background of many shots. Christian Smith is, in my mind, evidence that the producers don't know what the fuck they're doing this season. This man is barely on television. Yes. He got fucking eliminated this week unceremoniously. He's third place in gains. The audience loves this fucking guy. The producers just cast him mm-hmm. aside. They made the choice to get rid of him this week. That is not Katie's decision. No. They could have kept him through at least a round of six. Maybe they even give him a fucking hometown. This is a fan favorite that the producers just fucking axed. Do you think it's because they can't anticipate who the fan favorites are? Of course. I mean, they this was all already shot. Like, you know, they kicked him off when they kicked him off. But mm-hmm. that's their job is to give the audience right. a product that they're going to enjoy. Clearly, they want to see more of this guy. And now they don't get to. They should, after night one, do focus groups and show footage of all the, of the players to the focus groups and be like, who do you want to see more of? Something. Or, you know, they, they have this kind of like system where they're rolling out players in the beginning where it's like Reality Steve or somebody else has to break who all the players are. The show doesn't put them out. By the time the show puts out the official mm-hmm. players, it's like the whole season's already shot, edited, fucking in the can. They shouldn't do that. They should have polls. They should make it a contest that it's like, here's the 50 players that we are thinking about for this next season. Let's see, mm. vote on them, basically. You know, they should turn that component of this into social media. And then they could see who fucking people like. And that's who gets on the show. It's that simple. It is not difficult that's to do. That's such a good idea. They should definitely do polls. I mean, I feel like they're sort of doing implied polls when they post the Facebook photos. And it's like, well, which photos are getting the most likes? But... They should do head-to-head. But it's too late at that point because they've already started shooting the season. It's like, listen, producers, just let us save the show. Just listen to what we're saying. (laughs) That's all we're asking. Anyway, (laughs) fourth place goes to Jersey Marketing Sales Rep Greg Grippo. This is the lowest he's been in the charts so far, but he did gain 15,000 new followers this week, a dip from his 22K last week, bringing his total to 149,000 for his continued use of Shy Style, his tier play-filled Love Level 4 raise during the Scavenger Hunt group date, his bizarre-accented 50-state rantings, which supposedly came from the movie Horrible Bosses, his jealousy-riddled re-hitting of his Love Level 1, extracting a Love Level 2 from KT, loading his own love level two, his encouragement of Trey to tattle, and then him telling Katie that they trusted her judgment when she confronted the group about the Thomas Tattle. Fifth place in gains goes to Clay Harbour's cousin, pro football player Andrew Spencer. (laughs) Is this offensive? (laughs) (laughs) Not to me. I'm loving it. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh... Spencer gained 6.3K followers, bringing him to 21.9K total for his continued colorful narration, his vehement and strategic opposition to Trey's Thomas Tattle, his unrelenting British accent play, extracting a loaded Love Level 3 from Thurston, his habanero pepper tear play slash dancing around an IFI by putting his pepper fingers in his eyes, his first responder play at the group date after party, 
his mini date call back taco cheers, his continued excellent kiss lead-in lines, and of course, for calling Trey, Buzz Killington. The fourth audience seems to have landed on Andrew Spencer's side with regards to the Trey Thomas tattle, at least in terms of gains. I mean, gains are showing me that I stand by my Trey's error of the week with that tattle. He got nothing. What did he get? This is a different game, though. We've had this argument a million times. Instagram and the game are not the same. In the game, he succeeded. He got a fucking zero-point rose. That's undeniable. Instagram is the game. Instagram is another game. It is its own game. No. No. Oh, my God. He got 1,400 followers. He had so much screen time. I mean... Look, there's a lot of factors factoring into this, but in that game, the main game. Moving on to honorable mentions. (laughs) Honorable mention goes to Baltimore Investment Sales Consultant slash artist Justin Glaze. He gained 5.8 thousand followers this week, bringing him to 19.6K total for dominating. As the face player of the season, his baloney combos with Courtney and his theoretical conditional tense post-tattle tattle to KT re-Thomas. Another honorable mention goes to San Diego gym owner Michael Mikey Planeta, a.k.a. Virgin Mike. He gained 5.5k followers, bringing him to 25.6k total for breaking his seven-year streak of not eating carbs on the group date and telling Katie he would sacrifice 100-100, not 50-50 in a relationship. This PVC player knows sacrifice of all kinds, but he is not sacrificing in those gains. Nice. And the top five chart for June 30th, 2021 shows our man, Blake Moynes, sitting comfortably atop that mountain with 170,000 followers. Grippo is coming in second place with 149,000. Christian Smith, 41.8. This is a man who was dismissed with almost no screen time. Michael Olio in fourth place with 40.8 thousand of his own followers. And bringing up the rear, number five on the big chart of all the players this season is guess who? It's Carl Smith. He is still holding on to a top five spot with 40.4 thousand followers. Virgin Mike is the next closest at 25.6K. How soon until he's off this fucking chart? Next week. <laughs> we'll see. Because who, who's coming up under know. him? We're looking at Moines Grippo and Michael Olio are all going to be progressing. Those guys are all already on mm-hmm. top of him. Christian Smith's the only one who's going to fall out of this chart, I feel like. Andrew Spencer is at 21.9K, and it looks like he might be getting a one-on-one date next week. Sometimes we see astronomical gains from one-on-ones. That is true. Time will tell, as it always does, and... To discuss Tasha and Caitlin's Instagram gains this week is very simple. They had none. <laughs> Moving on, this is everything that is important that happened this week in our beloved nation. This is... Bachelor Nation News. The male Instagram champion, Tyler Cameron, is in the news this week. 
It seems the dimple-cheeked steak lover is following in the footsteps of the greatest player of all time, according to Bachelor Clues, Nick Vial, <laughs> by taking his skills to the silver screen. Cameron appears briefly in a new movie on Netflix called Good on Paper, a rom-con penned by comedian Eliza Schlesinger. The movie is a semi-autobiographical examination of Schlesinger's experiences as a stand-up comic who put her career first until she met a guy who seemed perfect and a little too good to be true. Cameron does not play that too-good-to-be-true man, but instead carves out a memorable appearance in a very short scene at a bar. He breathes life into an unnamed character sitting next to Schlesinger at a bar talking about drinks. This isn't the first time this quarantine crewman has been paid for his acting skills. In 2020, he had an appearance on the ABC sitcom Single Parents, starring Taryn Killam and Leighton Meester. Will Tyler Cameron see some bigger roles coming his way in the future? Time will tell. Good to see Mr. Cameron getting out there, exposing himself to a wider audience, gaining more celebrity. He could be a very good season 26 bachelor, just saying. Speaking of celebrities within the nation, The Golden Child, season 17's bachelor, Sean Lowe, is in news this week. An Us Weekly article recently revealed that his ring winner, wife, and mother of his children, Catherine Giudici Lowe, claims that the one-time born-again virgin is not watching this season of The Bachelorette. In the article, Giudici explains that while she is watching to support the women of the nation, her husband is, in quotes, kind of boycotting it because of the Chris Harrison stuff. Lowe has long been held aloft by the franchise and the nation itself as the singular shining example of the process working as intended, and to lose his endorsement of the franchise is certainly not a good sign. Perhaps Lowe will return to the fold once a new host is named, or perhaps he will pledge his allegiance to another show in the very near future. Which brings us to our next item of Bachelor Nation news. The Dark Lord plans to host a new dating show that will be positioned as a direct rival to the very franchise that shunned him. Per OK Magazine... Harrison is currently biding his time as the clock ticks down on the legal obligations that came as part of his $9 million settlement with ABC and Warner Brothers. But once he's in the clear, he plans to return to the small screen as the familiar face of a brand new dating show. He's taking a year off planning and plotting in his new home state of Texas, and as soon as he is legally able, he will be back on another network. Harrison seems to be positioning this next endeavor as a full-out attack on The Bachelor. We have no idea what this new show could be about or what the format would be, but we are curious to see if the Dark Lord still has enough power to bring down the house he helped build. I'm insanely curious to see what this show is going to be and how he's going to deliver his speeches. Is there going to be a little fuck you attitude in it? Uh-huh. This is going to be fascinating to watch. Absolutely I fascinating. Just didn't, I did not anticipate this. We were like politics or maybe we talked about him like hosting some like general stuff like, you know, who wants to be a millionaire or whatever. But for him to do another dating show, it seems to be going on a limb. 
What if it's horrible? It likely will be, I think. <laughs> because when you move into a situation like this where it's not really about like the structure of the show, when it's like, we have Chris Harrison. He wants to host a dating show. They're going to find mm-hmm. some reality TV creators to try and build a show around him, and that ain't going to work because his strength is he's just a component of the show. The show is what matters. The structure is what matters. He's just a host, and he's a good host for sure. All of that, he comes with him a bunch of other baggage at this point. It's I don't know. People are going to be boycotting this show. People are going to be watching it because it's him, but I think the strength of the actual format is what's going to matter most, and we just have no information on that whatsoever. But the fact that he's like, I'm going to fucking take down The Bachelor, that is fascinating to me. Do you think it's going to be like a the people that are boycotting The Bachelor because he's not hosting, whatever their like wet dream reality show would be? It's just like all Christian, all white farmers? He just leans hard into it's like only people who are at the insurrection. Everybody was there. It's the fucking guy in the bull hat, and then just like you have to, you have to somehow provide proof in the opening night one. That's what it is. They just play a video of you at the insurrection. Yeah, Yeah, all of the limo exits are recreating that tot. You have to storm the mansion to be able to get in. The first thirty players who can successfully get inside are the. Look, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. I have a feeling it's going to be a version of The Bachelor. You know, I don't know if it's going to be like they'll have to do some reimagining of it. I can't imagine it's going to be like one person dating multiple people. I don't think it'll be that, but I don't know. We'll find out in, you know, roughly a year or year two's time. Like, are they developing the show right now? Probably. I think it will be one person dating people. Maybe. Maybe he takes up labor of love, tries to turn it into something good. <laughs> Moving on. The biggest news in Bachelor Nation this week is undoubtedly the PPP loan scandal. First of all, what is a PPP loan? It stands for Paycheck Protection Program, and it's a loan created by the U.S. government run through the Small Business Administration that was designed to help small businesses keep their workforce employed during the COVID crisis. So it's meant for small businesses who are literally trying to continue to pay their employees even as the pandemic might have been making it harder to generate revenue. And because it's a government agency, you can go to federalpay.org and look up who received these loans. It's all public information. And this week, Reddit exploded when some people started posting their findings. Tasha Adams got $20,833 for her media brand, which a spokesperson said allowed her to hire an employee. Dale Moss was approved for the same amount of money. Colton Underwood got $11,355 for his legacy foundation. He apparently applied for the loan after fundraising activities for his foundation were canceled due to COVID. And the Lion Dykes joined the PPP club with a $20,830 loan paid to their company, Instagram Husband. Public records show their Arizona-based company has two employees. Much of the nation was outraged to learn that these incredibly successful influencers were taking money that was meant to help small businesses struggling during the pandemic. Whether these players used the money appropriately or took advantage of the system is hard to say, but images posted to Ari Leindex's Instagram grid during the pandemic made it difficult to imagine he needed the money. 
popping champagne in front of multi-million dollar mansions and driving sports cars doesn't exactly scream my small business is in dire straits. But no matter where you might stand on any of these players' decisions to apply for and accept the loans, perhaps the most interesting element of this entire story is that this news broke on Reddit. The story spread like wildfire across all the usual Bachelor Nation channels, Us Weekly, People, Cosmo, and it even went up the chain to more prestigious news outlets like Vice and Vanity Fair. But the story originated on Reddit. As we've long said, the fourth audience is an integral part of the game as a whole, and this week we saw its increasing power. With each passing season, it's the fourth audience who finds the stories behind the show, who does the parasocial digging that the show doesn't want to be done. The scandal that rocked the nation last season began with the fourth audience finding images of Rachel Kirkconnell at an Old South ball. Those images eventually led to the removal of Chris Harrison as host. That is the current power of the fourth audience. And this week was a reminder to players and producers alike that no stone will be left unturned if it involves our beloved game. I think this is a super interesting news piece that relates to our state of the game, which is that Yes, the network ratings might be dying, but the subreddit community, the Bachelor Nation community, the podcast, everything that is in this ancillary network around the show is thriving, is super active, etc. I stopped counting at 15 articles written about this at in various locations. Refinery29, like everyone covered mm-hmm. this as a fucking news piece. And it started on Reddit. Reddit was the actual journalist here. I don't know who the specific Redditors were, but whoever they were, they were the journalists that uncovered this. And then the kind of bigger mainstream Bachelor Nation news industry just took that and ran with it. But again, this is the fourth audience doing this journalistic work. And I think increasingly that's what the fourth audience's job really is becoming. It's using the internet, using the primary world to find information about the players, about the game, all of that shit that then serves to, I mean, ultimately it, it took down Chris Harrison. The fourth yeah. audience is really the thing that's driving the progressive change in the game. I mean, they, there were echoes of this when they were posting various players' uh, voter registration information as well. Yeah. So, congratulations to the fourth audience. I guess congratulations to us. We're part of it. (laughs) Good job, us. (laughs) We didn't break the story. We're just covering it now like everybody else. But I like that there is this extra layer of this that exists. And I think it's going to become more robust. I think eventually somebody from Reddit is going to get hired into an Us Weekly, into a People to kind of handle this type of coverage that isn't just the Mm. saccharine like, oh, look who's dating, look who has a new outfit, that is the more kind of journalistic approach to the the underlying structure of our beloved game and all the behaviors that these players are engaging in outside of the game. It would be nice to have people who know more about the show writing those articles. I often find them and I'm like, this is wrong, this is wrong, like... What is this? <laughs> There's not yet that level of hardcore expertise that exists with other sports. Like if you're reading an article on ESPN about any sport, that shit is fucking tight. That shit has been 
researched everything is perfect in it all the numbers are right you know Mm -hmm. we're still in this weird era where it's like there's a couple of us running numbers now and it's like Mm -hmm. you know how we run the numbers you know how we take all of our stats it's like they're they're pretty good they're like 90 percent we're doing our best accurate right (laughs) we're not math people (laughs) not only we're not math people it's just you and me there's no department double checking anything we do and i think like we're for the most part accurate but we certainly make mistakes and there's yeah. a couple other people out there. Bachelor Data is running like some hardcore, super interesting numbers. I feel mm-hmm. like she's more at 100% accuracy level than we are. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely more accurate. I think we can agree on that. <laughs> but I mean, eventually there are going to be departments at People Magazine, Us Weekly, who run these numbers too. There are going to be people whose dedicated mm-hmm. jobs it is to do the numbers of this game. And once we get there, it'll just be a whole new thing. And I think that's going to start to happen hopefully next year with a certain book coming out in the middle of January. Mm -hmm. But that is all of the news that is fit to print this week in our beloved nation. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro. FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel because right now you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same-game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now we're going to move on to discuss some plays that are players made off the field in that other game, in that parasocial game. This is... The main game. <laughs> this is... <laughs> <laughs> the parasocial play 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 of the week fifth place finisher on the bachelorette season 14 and bachelor in paradise seasons four and five dabbler wills reed posted an instagram reel talking about his sobriety birthday He's been sober for a year and posted a direct-to-camera video of himself explaining that he realized alcohol took more out of his life than brought brought in it and offered that you don't necessarily have to have a huge problem to make a change. Congrats to Wills on both this milestone and on 24,457 views, 3.4K likes, and 224 comments. Our current crown, Katie Thurston, continues to perform a plethora of amazing parasocial plays. One of these was a tweet. I'd love a collection of gifts of Strictly Justin. Thanks. Then the Bachelorette Instagram posted a video of exactly that with the caption, We got you at Katie Thurston. A song with the lyrics plays, This game is a game of physical domination. Thurston is using her prowess with social media to help the show promote the season. The video has 275,632 views and 29,000 likes with 591 comments. I wish I had the fucking power to just tweet, hey, I'd like to see this meme, and the meme is generated. This is an unbelievable power to 
be able to orchestrate the creation of social media <laughs> through merely a suggestion. And then she has the power of ABC's entire social media and marketing department behind her to make that realized. Fantastic. Clues. You're in the, what, 2020K club? 25? 24 something. I would argue that you already do have this power. If you posted an Instagram story, I want to see this meme. I'm certain that someone would make it. The quality level would not be this good, but try it out. Maybe. See what you got. I don't know. (laughs) The problem is I enjoy making the memes. I just don't have time to do them Mm -hmm. right now because we are in the final stretches of our book. But when it's done, the memes will flow. Rest assured. Next up in parasocial plays, current package deal player who might be pivoting into a villain role next week, Hunter Montgomery, posted a main Instagram grid post this week, a two-image series of him with million-dollar smile owner Mike Johnson. In the first, he stands with Mike as Mike leans against a wall in front of presumably their brunch location. The second is them sitting down on an outdoor couch, both crossing their legs towards each other. Johnson gives us the sideways peace sign, and the caption reads, Brunch game strong with my man, Mike Johnson. Hashtag Sunday fun day, hashtag brunch, hashtag ATX, hashtag ATX patios, hashtag bachelor nation. The post has 1.5K likes. Congrats to Montgomery on teaming up with the bachelor nation legend who has 73 times his Instagram followers. Professional smolderer and gains dominator Christian Smith made an Instagram made grid post after last week's episode in which Katie Thurston played her sexual assault PTC. He posted a single image of the pair at the cocktail party in which he's clasping her hands. He wrote in the caption, not all heroes wear capes, some wear green dresses. Wicked proud of Katie for having the courage to share such a personal experience and glad this weight has been lifted off her shoulders. You should feel nothing but the happiness and support that you deserve. Cheers to you the boys in the group, and anyone else out there that needs the strength to get through something similar. Heart emoji. Hashtag The Bachelorette. He included his own Massachusetts branding with the term Wicked and showed 4TR support for Katie and any other survivors. This post has 17,491 likes, 358 comments. Two parasocial giants of the game teamed up this week to turn in an impressive SpawnCon play. Tyler Cameron and the Moss Man, Dale Moss, took to the skies, sponsored by Dr. Pepper and the Triller app, to experience a little zero-G. Just like the one-on-one date back in season 21 that saw Vanessa Grimaldi puking into an air sickness bag under the watchful gaze of male goat Nick Vial, Tyler Cameron and Moss got to ride in a zero-G plane, colloquially known as a vomit comet. Both players posted videos and images of the experience to their stories, and Moss created a reel that currently has 10,979 likes and 60 comments, many of which are demands for him to return his PPP loan money. (laughs) Always good to see Tyler Cameron and Dale Moss pairing up for that parasocial play. While all these plays were astounding, there was one that stood out this week as going above and beyond. The parasocial play of the week goes to Michael Alio. The package deal player posted a stunning parasocial gaze to his main grid this week in a photo featuring himself leaning against a railing staring right at us. The caption reads, busy waiting around with a clock emoji. 
followed by a string of hashtags. Hashtag time machine, hashtag timeout, hashtag happiness, hashtag thankful for you, hashtag SPSB, hashtag in the moment, hashtag smile more, hashtag hopeful, hashtag one day, hashtag Tillies, hashtag the bachelorette, hashtag bachelor nation, and finally, hashtag four T-R-R. Boom. In five simple characters. Aloe confirms that he is deep in the pit and quite possibly an expert 4TRR player in the style of Michelle Young from last season who duped us all into thinking she was naive to the game only to dominate it in a flawless season. The post has 7,430 likes and 159 comments. Congrats to Michael on his big win and thanks to him as well for this conclusive confirmation. That he dwells within the pit, as do we all. Hello, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) I love this post. I love the burying of it under all these. We're ranked below uh, hashtag timeout. We're below thankful for you. Hopeful. Tilly's. Patronation. But for TRR, I mean... Look, when we saw it scrubbed from the Instagram of players on Matt James this season, I didn't think we were ever going to see it again. I thought it was contractually <laughs> degorified from the internet. Here's the thing about the degorification of the internet. You can't stop the pit. The pit is growing, <laughs> and it is swallowing people into its depths, and that is just how it is. I'm sorry. Eventually, <laughs> we're going to get to a season where every player is posting with our hashtags for TRR, PTC. We're going to see that. Hooju, that's right around the fucking corner. Somebody's going to post hashtag Hooju very soon. Tyler Cameron. Did he Hooju Dale Moss in that Zero G video? Uh, I don't think so. But a Zero G Hooju would have been groundbreaking, of course. This week, we are also giving out an award to the Parasocial Creature of the Week. And it's Jeff! Katie Thurston is in L.A. this week to shoot the men tell all, and she stopped by Nick Vial's podcast for an interview. While there, she scooped up Vial's pup, Jeff, and took a quick shot. Jeff himself posted the photo to his own grid, which you can find at The Road Jeff Traveled on Instagram, and Thurston reposted the photo to her stories. Jeff currently has 8,608 followers, and this post has raked in 2,605 likes and 24 comments. Congrats, Jeff! We expect big things from you in the parasocial creature world. And that does it for all the biggest parasocial plays this week. Now comes that time when Pace Case and I jump into the bottom of the pit where we issue forth our screams about how our relationship with this show is affecting us on deep personal levels. This is Screams from the Pit! My scream from the pit this week is that, as you know, we are finishing the final draft of our book today. (laughs) And something that has been getting me through this big push is I am hoping to feel this huge relief as this project comes to a close that we've been working on for a year, if not more. Technically, the podcast has all been working on the book. 
But technically, we've been working on this book <laughs> since March twenty fifth, two thousand two. Ooh, that's a long time. Yeah, a decade, almost. <laughs> two almost. Well, <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> I can guarantee Bachelor Data does better stats than me. <laughs> <laughs> Two decades, excuse me. Um, but we're we're so close. We're almost done. We're on the home stretch. But I so I'm hoping to feel this huge relief when we turn it in. But I have this vague, creeping sensation that it will not. That the bachelor is like a liquid that has this way of filling in the cracks and taking over my life no matter what. This is my scream. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, I agree with you. It is going to be a relief to have this part of it done, this final rewrite, and it's in, yeah. and now we're moving on to layout and other kind of things like that in the book. It's going to be great. That'll be a great feeling. But yes, I agree with you. Covering this show never ends. There will always be something to step in and fill that time. And it's just the nature of it. It's simply just the nature of it. I do think, though, you're going to find that there is a weight with this book because it really has mm -hmm. been a project that we've been working on actively for a year, starting the hyper binge, yeah. writing it every day, all that kind of shit. It will be, I think, a huge relief to you to not have to do that. I think it will, too. There has been, like, this another, you know, effect of being so deep in the pit is that the book, each chapter, it never feels done to me because I'm like, there could be more details. There could We could go more in depth. We could go into, like, all of the various types of hot seats on the women tell all, et cetera go really deep into it but I'm like no I think what we have is the right level it's still a psychotic level it's still a <laughs> yeah. the work of a couple maniacs but I, I have had to stop myself being like no there is a threshold at which no one is going to go with us <laughs> but this is the thing I've put out a couple of books and this is something that at least I experience constantly those books are in my head almost verbatim and I will go back over them sometimes and be like, fuck, I should have done this. I should have rewritten this. Mm. That'll, at least for me, that is there forever. That Projects never ends. don't end. Great. <laughs> for me, I'm not saying that'll be the case for you, but in some ways you come to, at least I have, come to accept it. That like when I make a project, there are versions of it. And one version is, it's just mm -hmm. like a, a chronological thing. It's like, well, this is the time when this has to be done if we want it to be published. That version of it, will be published and put out in the world, but I'm still doing better versions of it in my head. For whatever reason, I know like I'm never going to rewrite any of my books and put them out again, but like I'm those characters still live in my head. They're still doing shit. They can sometimes do shit differently mm. than they did in the version I wrote, you know? Um this is a little different because it's not fiction. Like this is a a non-fiction book, so it's like things can't really be changed, but certainly the way we presented it, I'll be thinking about this book until the day I die. In terms of like, mm -hmm. how could we have presented it differently? Was there a better way? Did we, you know, whatever, any kind of thing. You could always be rewriting yeah, funnier shit. funnier jokes. Ex all of it. All of that. But 
rest assured, I think what we have right now is very fucking good. And I, I'm super excited for this book to come out. Yeah, and we will let you all know as soon as we start the pre-sales. Which should be very soon. But congratulations, Pace Case. This was a big undertaking, and we're right here. We're one step away from the finish line. Congrats to you too, Clues. Right as I say that, the 10.0 earthquake hits Los Angeles. Oh, God. I'm just kidding. There's no earthquake. My Scream from the Pit this week does not have to do with the book. It has instead to do with a trip I took this weekend. I went to visit my parents for my dad's birthday. I haven't seen them since the pandemic. Thank you. I had to leave the state. I had to board an airplane. I had to go to the airport for the first time in a year and a half. It was all a surreal experience. But even more surreal than any of that was when I walked into my parents' house in Oklahoma, the television was on. There are two things my parents watch. One is Fox News. The other is the Hallmark Channel. Thankfully, it was on the ladder when I walked in. And so I sit down. My parents are sitting on one couch. I'm sitting on the other, and I'm watching TV. And I'm just kind of like, we're talking about whatever how our podcast is going. My dad's telling me about his job. My mom's telling me about her horses. And I'm just kind of clocking a little bit out of the corner of my eye what this show is that's on Hallmark. It's a movie, a Hallmark Channel movie. And I'm kind of like double taking. I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? A reality dating show? And I then begin to realize this Hallmark movie is something I've now researched. It's called My One and Only. And this is the description of it on IMDb. As contestants on a reality dating show, Stephanie and Oliver try to determine if they're fated to be together. Meanwhile, and much to Stephanie's surprise, sparks fly between her and Alex, the handsome ranch owner who acts as their guide through the reality show. It's a fucking version of The Bachelor on Hallmark in this weird movie where both guys look kind of like Nick Vial. And it's fan fiction about if you actually fall in love with DLH. Yeah, maybe. It's definitely like in that realm. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching this. This isn't even my scream, by the way. This is just the entry to the scream. (laughs) This is just the, you can never escape the bachelor. The pit is all around you at all times. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, fuck it. The watchful gaze of Dark Lord Harrison is somehow peering through this version of this Hallmark (laughs) movie of The Bachelor. And I look over at my parents and my dad is glued to it. And my mom is on her phone. And I start to have this fucking realization. And this is a little sad. And it has little to do with The Bachelor, actually. But The Bachelor was the entry point. I realize in this moment, my mom will live forever. She has 13,000 posts on Instagram of various things. She has a, she's active on Facebook. She has a lot of social media. That will outlive her. And some algorithm will be able to use it to recreate a version of her. To at least continue posting in the same way she does so that my parasocial relationship with her will continue on after her death. My father is going to die a true death. He has no social media. When he dies, that will be my last interaction with him. That made me sad in a way I uh, did not anticipate because it was the first time I really thought about like my dad not being on social media. What that really means is that he is not immortal like the rest of us are. So are you going to make him an Instagram account? He refuses to use it. He thinks social media is stupid. I tried to get him this weekend to get on 
Instagram. I was like, look, he really likes uh, Kansas State football. I was like, look, here's the Kansas State football Instagram. Here, you can follow all the players and like it has their stats, mm-hmm. you know, all this kind of shit. I tried to like appeal to his interests and it just did not work. He thinks everything modern is stupid. He won't put his fucking credit card into the internet, in quotes. He still pays <laughs> for things with cash. It's like, I haven't used cash in three fucking years. Literally, haven't touched a piece of cash. The kind of sitting around watching this show about The Bachelor as it's droning on in the background, I'm having these profound realizations about our piecemeal uploading into the primary world and realizing that my dad's not doing it. So when he dies, that's it. All I got's the memories. But I mean, how much are you really going to get out of a fake algorithm recreating what your mom would be posting on Instagram? The exact same thing I get out of what my mom posts on Instagram now. 10 pictures every day of horses and flowers. But you know that that's actually hurt. If it's an algorithm just giving you random horses, it won't feel different to you? It'll be horses and flowers in the style that my mom shoots and posts in. It's exactly yeah. the same. The algorithm is her, at least in terms of that behavior, that parasocial but behavior. But you'll know it's not her. No, I'll know it is her. If something can replicate your parasocial behavior exactly, it is you. No. Agree to disagree. What are you but a collection of behaviors, reactions to ideas, reactions to stimuli? If you can create an algorithm that produces those same reactions, that is you. Disagree. Agree to disagree like Andrew Spencer and Trey. (laughs) Buzz Killington over here. (laughs) The opposite. I'm Buzz not Killington. I'm Buzz immortality, motherfucker. Because you and I will live forever. But you're saying that my social media is me. And I'm like, no, that's a buzz kill. Your social media, in terms of how many people it affects, for example, and I consider our show to be social media as well, this affects more people than any in-person interaction you have. And therefore, in my opinion, it is a more viable version of you than the one sitting in your living room right now, who's interacting with literally no one except me through a fucking screen, by the way, you know? But I'm real, Clues. I'm real. Are you? I don't know. You could be a fucking deep fake. Oh, my God. I could be a fucking deep fake. I could see that. I guess we did see each other in person at your party not that long ago. Yeah. You went to the gym and you went to a party, famously. Exactly. If this world that we're walking around in is even real. But that's a whole other thing. My scream is just that, as a Hallmark version of a Bachelor movie was playing in the background, I realized that my father is going to die a final and ultimate death. So anyways, thank you for joining us this Thursday. I hope you've enjoyed <laughs> all of our screams from the pit and our Bachelor Nation news. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Oh shit. Thank you again, everyone. Please look out for that Discord on our Patreon if you are subscribed. And if you are not, there's always time to do that so that you can join this growing community of people who are down here in the pit with us talking about all these things that are important to our beloved game. That's at patreon.com slash game of roses. 
And we will be back next Monday with our live pre-show at 4.30 Pacific Standard Time. That's also on our Patreon. And we'll be coming back next Tuesday with our breakdown of next week's big game, which should be the Moines show. As if this wasn't already this past week. I think every week is basically going to be the Moines show at this point. But we're going to get to see what he can do on a one-on-one, which I'm very excited about. And uh, this potential villain turn for Hunter Montgomery. And the singlet rugby extravaganza. And it just looks like, I don't know who that player is, but somebody just gets fucking broke in half. We've been tricked before. We have been tricked before, but I this one looked like it hurt. I think we might like see Luke a little P bit of Lucas. a... Yes, I think that's going to be reprised here. But that's it for the show this week. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,038 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 